the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 29, part one of our special Live from Rockin' Robinson series. These next couple of episodes will be a bit of a departure from our normal format. We actually have two guests on this one, Andrew Yeomanson, a.k.a. DJ Lay Spam from Spam All-Stars, and the entire band, the Savants of Soul. I had the honor of serving as the Master of Ceremonies for the Rockin' Robinson Festival right here in my backyard in Orlando, Florida's Milk District just a couple of weeks ago. The Milk District, so named for its iconic T.G. Lee milk processing plant, has been the place where I've lived, worked, and played for the better part of five years. It's my adoption home and I'm so thrilled to have had a part in such a wonderful festival. All the bands that played are based here in Florida, many of them right here in Orlando. And the headliners, Thomas Wynn and the Believers, who you may remember from their mention on episode 28 with Hannah Harbour, and Spam All-Stars from Miami both played outstanding. High energy sets, so much fun. And the creative force behind the ladder, Andrew Yeomanson, a.k.a. DJ Lay Spam, sat down with us in the marinade tent where we interviewed folks throughout the day. It was so cool, y'all. It was our most ambitious project to date. I'd interview an artist, talk with fans, and then get up on the main stage to introduce the next band. The experience was an absolute blast. So much fun, and I'm so excited to get these two episodes out to you. If you're new to the show, this isn't a huge departure from the norm, so you'll get a good taste of what the marinade is all about. But it isn't exactly classic marinade either. So if you want to hear something from the canon, check out episode 16 with BJ Barham or episode 28 with Sarah Shook. Those are good entry points, and then you can kind of take it from there and get to listen to everything that we've done. 
Today, you'll hear my conversations with Andrew Yeomanson of Miami's Spam All-Stars and Savants of Soul from Gainesville, two bands with pretty different sounds, both of which really put the music first and both of which are fascinating creatives and just fantastic conversations. I caught up with Andrew while Savants of Soul was playing a crushing set on the main stage and then the Savants themselves sat down with me after they played and more on them in a minute. But first, Andrew Yeomanson, you can find all things Spam All-Stars at SpamAllStars.com. You heard their song Satellite on the way in. We've got a pretty deep catalog. So many different influences with this band. Very much uh, a Miami band, and he talks about it during the conversation so you'll get a better feel for kind of like what his influences are and where they're coming from as you hear our conversation with Andrew Yeomanson of Spam All-Stars. Good. Andrew, thank you so much, man. No problem. This is such an honor. I'm uh, really stoked to see the set <laughs> tonight. Um, really, really looking forward to, to taking in your music. Um, and I want to ask you a little bit about that, like about the fact that you, you, have, your, you have a studio and you, you have, a, lot of, you have a, a handful of studio albums with Spam All-Stars, but, um, but then there's this whole live thing and you guys play a ton, right? We, I mean, late, I'd say the last couple of years it's kind of gotten to a more normal kind of like a few gigs a month kind of thing whereas you know maybe five or six years ago we were playing three or four nights a week now we're playing like maybe one night a week but I don't have any days off for my studio at all so my my life has changed from being a live musician to being a studio engineer basically yeah uh, and I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. What? So that creative process is different, though. Obviously, the engineering part versus the the writing and performing part for your band. Yeah, I guess so. I, I think um, you know, as far as like the how, as far as the band goes, um, you know, we just we've been doing it for so long. It's kind of like it feels more fun when I'm not really thinking about it very much and we just go do whatever gigs and I'm you know uh, it's just kind of exists now you know uh, something that's it, it, it's there we still get to do it it's fun but I'm not like I don't really think about it very much you know it's 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 part of my life it's but you know what paid for my mortgage and everything else but at the same time uh, I've kind of I'm, I'm more into the studio, definitely, yeah. Interesting. Was there a moment where that shifted? 
Um, I, I guess it was kind of like we spent, uh, we spent, we were, we were really trying uh, hard with the touring for three or four or five years, uh, starting around 2004, somewhere around there. And um, yeah, there was a, there was definitely a few moments where it was just like, oh, well, I mean, this is just, I, I'm not sure I want this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because. I, I've been I've been doing I've been touring since you know for about 25 years right and so you know when you're in your 20s it's fun and it's exciting and it's you uh -huh. know, interesting yeah but yeah. after you do it enough times I, I feel like either you really really that has to be something that's like part of you that you really love that that's your mission in life I don't feel right. like that's my mission in life oh. anymore uh -huh. you know uh, touring so with this band it's something I started doing because I felt like if I didn't do it, um, then there might not be a way to keep it going just based on our business in Miami. Yeah. But that hasn't been the case. Uh, Miami's been a, like a really loyal place for us, you know, like, so we continue to just, you know, be able to, so if I can do a gig and, and be able to sleep in my bed at night, and performing is performing. I don't really care if you're doing it in front of 10,000 people or 10 people. It's kind of, you know, in fact, the smaller crowds are more, it feels like you have a better connection when, you, when you're playing for like, once it gets to a point where you can't really, you know, feel the crowd the same way. It's, it's, it, it doesn't, it's not the same to me anyway. Interesting. So, You're not getting that same energy back. I, I, I find like once you get past like a, even like a, a, the small theater is probably like about the biggest venue that I like. Once yeah. you get, it, you know, we don't do like huge venues. Uh, we've done some, we've been lucky enough to like get put on some things where, oh my God, like there's several thousand people there, but in general, it's like a few hundred, and that feels that feels like a, a good amount of people because it's, yeah. it's just more direct, I think. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, based on what you said um, earlier, it sounds like place uh, really, really matters. Um, you know, thinking about Miami, and you've been there a while, and and y'all have your you are very well established there, obviously. And then, of course, you grew up all over, right? Uh, yeah. When I was growing up, we moved about every two or three years. We sort of bounced around a lot but I've been in Miami for 29 years now. oh wow okay so that's interesting like, yeah. did you just find your spot where you were like kind this is of it? I, I have um, you know I decided to really focus on music when I moved there and yeah. so um, that was kind of where I got on my path and there was just I found it like a really I just kept delving into the you know different musical avenues that Miami ha you know has yeah. <laughs> and record collecting being part of that and uh, and then just just you know being able to play with musicians from you know all over uh, is, is pretty interesting. Was that record collecting bug something that you that you got when you were growing up? Like yeah, I I started collecting records. I would I'm honestly five years old. Wow. I mean, I had a record player from about four, and then I only collected Johnny Cash records until <laughs> I was 12. <laughs> and then I started buying other stuff, and, and then now I, I just, I like anything. Interesting. That's great. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't think that I expected you to say you started you started off with Johnny Cash oh, necessarily. Yeah, yeah. He was my biggest hero. All my heroes were basically musicians when I was growing up, but like he was like the dude. Yeah. What is it about him? Like, what is the universality of him? It seems like no matter who you are, what walk of life you're from, people love him. Yeah, because he's a sincere artist, mm. and I think that that's something that people, uh, even if they're not um, fully aware of, of like a of an artist's you know scope, I think sincerity has a way of. Uh, you know like people sense that so yeah. that could be it for me it was like I was a kid and then uh, there was just so, uh, all this all this songs were like stories you know yeah. and there was just and the records that I the first two records I had were the, the prison records the Folsom prison record and the San, San Quentin. Quentin record yeah those were the first two records that I ever had yeah so those records I mean imagine like to give it to like a five <laughs> I was listening to those things over and over and over. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I would stare at the covers. I would, like, you know, I was obsessed I, uh, with it. I have a very similar story. My grandmother had Live at San Quentin, and I would just wear it out. And that, yeah. that fact that he plays San the Quentin. The boy named Sue. He plays and then when they sing that song and they go crazy, that's the craziest sound of that record. Yeah. When he plays the, the um, song San Quentin, yeah. I hate every inch of you. And then yeah. people go fucking nuts. You hear the crowd and it's like the most insane response. And then it gets scary because you're thinking, then, then like the guards, everybody's just like, oh my, this is this dude could really start a riot. Right. And and it's there, it's recorded, you know? So so I think, I mean, I don't know what I, what I felt, but I connected with that like when <laughs> I was seven. a kid. Oh yeah. Well, he had to, on the record, he sings the song twice. Yeah, back to back. Screaming, yeah, yeah, yeah. just do it twice. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Are there other artists that you feel the same way about? Are artists that, that authenticity just comes out? I mean, Zappa, I'm mm -hmm. really, I, so many, Fela, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of, you know, true artists out there. Um, so and and you know a lot of jazz cats uh so yeah i think it's 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 more than less i mean like you know there yeah people who are just like ultra commercial because they think they have to do a certain thing to get over or whatever i think that's fairly easy to right it's oh that's easy an interesting point well. <laughs> yeah yeah that's a very interesting point and I don't know what it is about that, you know, uh, I've talked about on the show about um, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, the book, and how, like, he talks in the book about just that f the sense of quality and how it's it's impossible to define, really, you know, that you just know when it's good and when it's not good. <laughs> you know, there's just, like, something about a Johnny Cash, for example, or a Zappa that you just go, oh, well, that's that's damn good. Right. And then, or it just does, it doesn't sound like anybody else either, yeah. you know, like instantly right away. Yeah. You would probably be able to recognize either of those artists, yeah. you know. So. That's great, man. Well, with the, um, when you think about, like, the engineering part and working in your studio, are there particular projects that you get especially fired up about, or are you just excited about going to work? Um, well, so we just, uh, I, I'm actually, so I have a one studio that's real, like, kind of boutique I've, I've spent 15 years developing the studio in my house which is you know it's like a three-bedroom house I just live in one room everything else is the studio so wow. that's like tape machines 
uh, analog board, uh, everything's outboard, really not too much plugins. And uh, so that place I've, I've just, I've kind of gotten to as far as I can go as far as the, the equipment. So I actually started a second studio in a bigger building because my, my main thing was like, I was running out of space for certain types of things in my house. So um, in the new studio we did last week, which I'm so I'm like super excited to have a new space. Yeah. And it's kind of like a a little bit more um, lo-fi, you know. It's still like very high quality, but it's it's you know uh, the board isn't as good as the board I have at home. The tape deck is just a little, you know, it's a one-inch 16 track, whereas mm -hmm. at home I have a two-inch 16 track. So it's you know, it's a little bit of a compromise on the gear side, but then we have a big space that we yeah. can have like larger groups or whatever. So our first uh, recording uh, was was two weeks ago there with this Miami band called the Smoogies, uh, and they brought this trumpet player from New York called Nicholas Payton. So I was really excited about that recording being the first thing in that space. It's usually like when it's kind of something new, something that feels special, uh, you know, but I whatever it is I kind of just I devote myself to it entirely and it's you know whatever it's the most important thing to me whatever I'm working on that day now wow. I'm easily diverted whatever okay whatever's the next day that's what I'm focused on so yeah. if the guy's calling me from yesterday it's like oh I need a mix it's like pulling me out of whatever I'm in so I really find like most days I'm just totally just kind of like dealing with what's right in front of me and and I'm happy to be immersed in that okay so you are because you feel like a person who's incredibly present like in this conversation <laughs> I feel like you're very present is that try. not are you just I faking try. it I know <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool is there something do you do work on that like do you meditate or uh, anything in particular I, I try not to be like on the phone too much and then um, other than that, I, uh, there'll be several points through the day where I'll just, just I'll just lie down and just be quiet for a while. Oh, I cool. wouldn't call it meditation because I'll almost pass out, but I don't really sleep. You know, yeah. so it's like I, I couldn't say it's as disciplined as true meditation, but it's right. like, you know, just like a quiet try to shut the brain off or just focus out for a while. And if I can do that three or four times in the course of a day, then I can kind of keep going and you know, um, I'm, but I'm easily distracted just like anyone else. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's increasingly hard, of course. That's great that you, that you try not to be too hooked on your phone. You know, I, I struggle with it sometimes. I'm pretty good about like, I just leave it at home a lot. Yeah, it's good. You know, and that yeah. way, I, there's no way. Yeah, I'm not yeah, worried about yeah, it. And then I'm super yeah. present. Yeah. But at an event like this, for example, I'm doing a million things and so, it's funny how we used to do these things without phones, no problem. Yeah. And now I feel very much beholden to the phone. Well, you know? try having a beeper, and then you're getting beeped, and then you gotta find a quarter, and then you gotta find a payphone. It's okay. I think it's convenient. The cell phone's yeah. convenient. But, yeah, I uh, guess we're yeah. better off. We just have to have the discipline to. Exactly. Um, um, I just have one more question for you, and that's when you when you're you're doing the live show, and you guys are gonna play later, and I'm stoked, man. I can't wait. Um, the vibe here is already pretty good, so I think, it, I think this fits you guys. Like, I think it's going to be really, really cool. Do you co do y'all go up with a set list, or are you just jamming? Um, so yeah, we don't usually have a set list. Uh, the people, you know, there's one newer member who's the flute player up there tonight. Mahela Herrera is her name. Uh, 
she's excellent. Um, but she's newer, so she's doesn't really get most of the the guys in the band are able to pick up on what the next song's going to be in the transition between the songs. There'll be like some type of a lead-in little beat or something. Yeah. So that's how they know where we're going. And uh, but yeah, I prefer not to really. You know, there's there's definitely like we kind of stay on tempo. So whatever tempo we start at, we'll kind of move like incrementally up as we go. So you know, I'll kind of like gauge the situation. If it's like a super mellow thing, we might start really down tempo, or if it's like a really boomy place, maybe. But um, otherwise, yeah, we'll probably start with something mid tempo, and then we'll end up you know a little bit faster by the end. And, that's about it. I mean, there's some songs that naturally we tend to play back to back just right. because of how they're structured. Yeah. But um, yeah, we don't usually do a set list or anything, you know. That's cool. <laughs> I like it. And I'm excited, man. Cool, Thank man. you so much. Awesome. I really appreciate your time. Awesome. Cheers. Andrew Yeomanson, y'all. Thank you so much, Andrew, from Spam All-Stars. DJ Lay Spam, thank you so much for your time, Andrew. Thank you so much for your attention. Thank you to everybody involved with Spam All-Stars. The set that they played later was so much fun. Really had the crowd involved, and it was super fun to get to introduce them. Such a big name and such an exciting group of individuals, incredible musicians that know exactly what they're doing. They know their craft, and they do it well, and it was just so much fun to get to talk with him, and I really appreciate how much Andrew opened up during that conversation. I learned a lot. And I tell you what, I could talk Johnny Cash every single conversation if uh, it really came down to it. We're not done, though, on this one, y'all. We've got Savants of Soul as well. So you heard them in the background while Andrew and I were talking. I only knew them by name prior to this festival, to be perfectly honest with you, but they blew me away with their retro soul influence by an amalgamation of different influences, punk, hip-hop, jazz. There's just so much that comes through in their music. Their live set is an absolute blast, and so was talking with them. I really hope you enjoy this conversation half as much as I did. Keep up with all things Savants of Soul, including more about the really exciting news that they reveal during this conversation at SavantsofSoul.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the Savants of Soul. I typically hold it just a little bit easier that way. You what? <laughs> Man, y'all just killed it. Savanta Solar with us right here. Unbelievable, dude. Just unbelievable set. 
here at Rockin' Robinson. Um, you're from Gainesville. You you're you got about 400 people in the band. It feels like that's a huge sound. <laughs> what does that creative process look like? I mean, yeah, sometimes it takes a bit, but we've been doing this a long time, so we we definitely have a chemistry that you know that makes us able to you know we're able to just get get it done. That's fantastic. Can I, can I curse? Get shit. You done. can say shit, fuck, whatever oh, you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we get we like we get shit done. We're hungry now. Yeah, we've been doing this for a long time, and we're at it. We want everyone to be listening to Savant's soul. <laughs> That's ooh, awesome. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Yeah, so the collaborative process is, uh, or the writing process is really collaborative in the in the band, which is great. But it means sometimes we write a song in an afternoon, or sometimes we write a song in a year and a half. You know, it just happens how it happens. So does like somebody come up with an idea and then bring it to everybody else, or are you sitting in a room? Yeah. What does it look like? Usually someone comes up with an idea, whether it be like some chords or some chords and some lyrics or like a cool riff or even sometimes uh, we'll just be beginning a practice and jamming and someone will be fucking around and then, you know, uh, Alex on the drums will be like, oh, that sounds cool. I'm going to play this beat under it and then things take off and that turns into a song. So there's a couple different ways, you know. That but, is so uh, good. It's always pretty collaborative. Yeah. What, um, what kind of things... Are, you got several folks in the band. Are you, are your influences, and clearly you have a ton of different influences. So are you all bringing different influences in or are you you're mostly going to the same shows together and listening to the same types of music and passing around the same records? Um, well, I would say there's, there's a lot of overlap, obviously. Uh, I mean, we all listen to soul music and um, this sort of nexus for the band the, the way that uh, Alex, our drummer, and I started it, um, and Justin joined basically right after we started it, and mm. he's, we're, we're all really founding members, uh, is uh, we were listening to the uh, Sam Cooke uh, Live at Harlem Square record, mm -hmm. which is really raw, more mm. so than a lot of uh, his other stuff especially, and some other soul music that came out at the time, and we were like, this is like really intense and like balls to the wall, and we were like, Shit, this is some the type of soul music that we could probably do or like make, uh, and that was a big inspiration for us. But I would say beyond soul music, we all bring our other personal influences. Like we were in punk bands and ska bands. Uh, Justin's been in uh, ska and punk bands. Um, There's that I've dirty been in a word. Punk band, and I'm a classically trained trumpet player. So that's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's how it ends up sounding like it does. And I've like literally like never sang before this band, but. You know, uh, so basically the story is my, a bunch of my white friends wanted to start a, a, a funk soul band and they didn't ask me to be in it. I was a little mad. And then like a couple months later, they're like, hey, Justin, you want to be in the Savant Soul? And my first reaction was like, hell no. But I really wanted to be in a soul band. So, you know, we did it. And like, yeah, like, you know, it, it, this was in 2011. We were like in our early 20s. A lot of us are 30 or over now, yeah. and you know, so like styles change, but we we still love making music together. That's just that's why we started doing it. I mean, yeah, we'd love to make a living out of it, but you know, it's it that's 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 why well, we keep doing it. Let me ask you this then, because you had incredible energy up there, and you had the crowd, right? And you're up oh, there, yeah. it, but 
back off mic backstage you and i had a conversation about how when you get up to do emceeing type things you have notes oh yeah no so i mean that's the thing within the savants of soul we've been doing this for a long time uh. as i've said you know emceeing is that's kind of new to me i've been doing this for like two years mm -hmm. um and you know if, if if there's ever like you know like earlier on when you were like you know check out this law firm you know they're the sponsors and you know check out this restaurant for good deals um i need you know I, I, i've done that and they, you know they gave me notes for that i would yeah. never be able to remember all of that uh, and i would probably mess all of that up and you know just end up you know just doing the opposite of what they wanted <laughs> to get done and probably never be invited back so i was just saying props to you you <laughs> oh, thanks, you man. crushed it that was awesome <laughs> yo yo man thanks. jason is a dope host all you listeners if you listen to him you should see him live man. he gets you going i don't even know this guy and i was like i want what he's selling i, I need to go to this law firm <laughs> i'm not even in legal trouble but you know. it was interesting i did have some you know they gave me some notes and like um there's a couple things on there that I was like, nah, I ain't saying that shit. <laughs> I, I ain't saying that. And so I got up and, and I did my first couple rounds and nobody said anything. So I was like, all right, we're good. <laughs> nobody, nobody cares. I didn't say the, that particular thing. Um, so been doing it a long time. Um, what about records? Like, do you guys have a bunch of recorded music? Are you in the process of making something else? What's the story? So we currently have um, one full-length LP that is out that is Downtown Sound. Awesome. And we also have um, an, e an EP that yeah. is um, like four or five tunes. And that one is called Sunday Best, which um, is our most recent release. But we have a lot of really cool stuff coming up very soon. We've, we've been working a lot on, on some new writing projects. And um, we've got big plans for this summer. Um, am I allowed to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Can I, okay, Dope. so I'm, I'm, I'm going to open the bag. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Marinade exclusive. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So um, we have our official invite to go to Muscle Shoals, Alabama and record at Fame Studios Shut this summer. Up. So we're going to be uh, there for, I think, about two weeks. And we're going to lay down as much as we possibly can while we're there. And we are so stoked. That is amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, super excited to get yeah. get over there. It was a total like hail mary yeah. to try and get that. And uh, um, Rodney Hall, who's uh, Rick Hall's son, who now uh -huh. runs Fame, uh -huh. was like, "Yeah, well, uh, I really like what you guys are doing. We'll work with you." And I was like, "Holy shit!" Uh, and it's just been like a dream come true. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, um, we've so we'll be recording all live and all analog, um, which is how we just we did our last uh, set of recordings. Uh, for Dead Man Running, our single, which will be released uh, next month, actually. Uh -huh. So be on the lookout for that. Um, that'll be our first set that we recorded analog. And it's it's tougher, but I really like that it stretches us, and I think that the sound is closer to like the sound that we have on uh, on the stage, which is really what we're going for. That is fantastic. Man, I'm so stoked for y'all. That yeah, is so cool. It's going to be exciting. Also, not only the recordings at Fame Studio, watch out for the documentary that's going <laughs> to drop. Because, I, I, I don't know, I'm filming everything. I want, I want all the, the, the nitty-gritty, the dirty stuff. You guys are about to get the behind-the-scenes Savant's Soul, all the dirty stuff. Oh, I can't wait. Have y'all? Yeah, man, that's all gonna be. Mandy yelling at them to pick up after themselves. 
<laughs> have y'all been to fame before have you been to visit Never. it is it is i'm so excited for you because i've been i mean you i haven't been? done anything there but do the tour but like they're so they're so cool about it they act like nothing happened there i mean they know what happened <laughs> there you know yeah. Like they're just so chill about everything. Yeah. It's they're crazy. Like, talking to Rodney on the phone, like, and I was, I was just like, I was blown away that like yeah. he was even talking to me and, and that we were <laughs> doing this thing. And he was like, "Yep, uh, this is our equipment, and uh, we'll do this. And you guys want to use our horn players?" And I was like, "No, we got some." He's like, "That's cool." Uh, and he's like, "Yeah, we got like four B3s and a bunch of whirlies from the '60s, you know." And yeah. uh, you know, he's like, "What sort of sound do you want?" And I was like, "The one that you guys." invented and he was like yeah. oh yeah well yeah we can do that <laughs> and uh you know uh god it was just crazy and i was like do you have a clav and he's like we'll get you one if you need a clav we'll get a clav oh my god. Like, it's, it's just nuts. yeah we we went to visit my partner chris and i went to visit and she's a she's a singer and she was in a soul band and so we're, we're there that's how we met but we're at there at, at fame and they let her just sit at aretha's piano and play a little bit I'm like what <laughs> Oh, what? That's incredible. I will definitely be sitting at Aretha's piano and playing the entertainer. That's one of the few things I know how to play on the piano. Yeah. Uh, uh, and sure. also a big shout out to our tenor sax player who just jumped in the studio, Jordan Jones. Say what's up. Yo. And our drummer, Alex Klausner. He's been in the back directing us. What up? <laughs> yeah, the Man. whole squad here. Hey, Will so Campbell. Cool. Will Campbell, quit taking pictures. Come on down here. <laughs> Say what's up. He's shy. Oh, oh he's coming. He's coming. Uh, okay. Say what's up, Will. What's up? That's Will Campbell on the electric guitar. Man, I really appreciate y'all. I'm so glad you're here. That set was amazing. Um, really thank appreciate you. you stopping thank by you. the tent. Yeah, Just thank you for having us. For sure. I'm really stoked for the for the new record, and you know, um, I'm definitely gonna. Be paying attention. Savantasoul.com, right? Okay. Yeah. And then all the socials. At, at Savantasoul on you know, literally everything. Twitter, Facebook, you know, Instagram, Zanga, you know. <laughs> My free journal if you want to hear Alex's just thoughts at 4 a.m. in the morning. That's, that's where you get that. That's awesome, y'all. Well, thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Enjoy man. the rest of your festival. I appreciate Cheers. it. That was great, man. Appreciate So, y'all, what a talented group of individuals. So much fun getting to talk with them, and I so greatly appreciate their time. The song that you hear right now is Dead Man Running by Savants of Soul. Hasn't even been, been released yet, but you can look forward to that coming very soon. And I'm so excited for them to get to go to Fame Studios and do their thing and get that muscle show sound in them. Just so cool to get a chance to talk with them. Uh, I'm really grateful for this entire opportunity. Um, this was part one of our Rockin', Rockin' Robinson special series, and I just can't say enough about all of the people involved in this festival. Thank you to everyone involved with the Milk District Events Committee, especially my good friend Philly Kennedy, who uh, curated just a killer lineup and first floated the idea 
of, uh, of, of me serving as MC. It just worked out really well. And uh, Kirsten Ellender for conducting the marinade uh, tent or coordinating, excuse me, I guess I was conducting the tent, but she coordinated the, the, the vendors that were there um, along Robinson Street and, and worked with me to find the best spot that we, where we could record properly. And I'm just so grateful for all the work that went into that festival and, and just to be a part of it. I'm thankful to Chris, my partner in life, for making our marinade space look really comfy and good and for her support at every step of this process. Uh, thanks to the Nook on Robinson, one of my favorite local establishments, for coming through to loan me some empty kegs. <laughs> my tent was about to blow away. It got a little windy unexpectedly, uh, and I didn't have anything to tie it down with, so my tent was just having to hold it, and uh, thankfully, Mary at the Nook came through uh, and loaned me some empty kegs, which actually made the place even look even cooler than, than uh, Chris had already made it look. Thank you to all of you for listening. Part two of our Rockin' Robinson series will be up very, very soon. Just got to put some finishing touches on it, and... Uh, Also, some other big things happening with the show. Just a few days ago, I recorded a feature episode with Joe Kwan from the Avid Brothers. Pinch me a million times, y'all. I can't wait to release uh, those two episodes and uh, record a few more at Swanee Spring Reunion coming up this weekend. An amazing festival always, and I've got some really cool guests lined up to talk with at uh, Swanee Spring Reunion. So lots of content coming your way here from the Marinade. Um, so much is happening with the show. Keep up with everything at marinadepodcast.com or at marinadepodcast on all of our socials. Uh, I just posted the story of what happened the night I played my first open mic, the first time I played my songs in public, um, something that I've done for kind of private therapy for many years. But I finally had the courage with some um, some encouragement from some good friends to go out and play my songs uh, for other people. And it was such a satisfying experience. So go to marinadepodcast.com slash magazine if you're interested in hearing that story. It was just a huge night for me personally. And uh, I'd be honored if you took some time to, to check out the website and, um, and uh, get the whole story. Now, this is normally the time for our What I'm Getting Down On segment, where I talk about the books, the films, the music, the podcast, whatever art is inspiring me at the moment. And that segment will return after this run of special episodes uh, when I talk with Joe Kwan. So when I get to Joe Kwan, I'll have a lot to catch you up on in terms of what I've been getting down on recently. I've been very inspired to write and to read and to do all the things that I really appreciate and love and that help me uh, grow into a better person. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. Again, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, over at marinadepodcast.com where you can can see some of my writing and my photography. Give us a rating uh, on your podcast app. Subscribe wherever you consume podcasts. And if you really like what what you're hearing, consider becoming a Patreon patron. We have such a cool community where we interact very personally. I'm actually about to record an episode that's directed toward a specific Patreon patron. So it's a very personal way to interact with the show. And if you like what we're doing, um, for just a few dollars a month, you can gain even more access and um, and a more personal connection to the show. Again, Savants of Soul, Spam All-Stars, Andrew Yeomanson, DJ Lay Spam, amazing, amazing episode. And I can't wait for y'all to hear the next one from Rockin' Robinson. And then, of course, my amazing conversation with Joe Kwan coming up. I love y'all. Thank you so much. Go out there and create something today. Cheers, y'all.